Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Rex, welcome back. Thank you. I don't so you want awesome to give Rex to a bag. <laughs> so, so good to have you back here. And I'm... I'm looking forward to seeing what 2020 has in store for you now that you rested and seeing what God has got for you. Yeah, hopefully um, it's not 2020 that uh, I'm looking forward to. <laughs> um, otherwise, I've rested too long. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it's been an awesome time of rest, and, and I'm really grateful for the time that I had with family and with, with, uh, with the Lord. And Great to be back with, with my family and uh, doing the Lord's work. Yeah, so in the first service, we had a couple of technical glitches, and the, the sound went off, and it was so beautiful to hear people actually singing right. behind all of that. So I was hoping it would cut so we could hear the same melodies, but we, it didn't. Uh, but it was so beautiful to know that people are singing with the music behind, so I wanted to say thank you. If you were singing at the loudest voice, yeah. it was great. Uh, although we couldn't hear you, we heard you in the first it, service. It was, it was awesome. There's something special about us coming together and being in one place and raising a, a, a worship offering to our Lord. It's, yeah, absolutely. You just can't replace that. But we, we have a special holiday that we're looking forward to that we were reflecting on a little bit earlier. Yeah, uh, December 16th uh, is uh, Reconciliation Day. And as we were thinking and reflecting on it, I, I realized my namesake, when they pronounced 16th of December. I don't think it was part of their plan to be called Reconciliation Day. I think when they made that vow back many hundred years yeah. ago, uh, that was not in their plan. And I'm so grateful that we've changed and that we've redeemed that day now yeah. and that it's Reconciliation Day. And, and it's beautiful because I, I love that it speaks of the, the reconciling and the redeeming power of God. Absolutely. Uh, that, that, that we can redeem all things, even historical things, we can redeem and it can be something that glorifies God. Today we're celebrating our reconciliation and, and there's so much in that, right? We can celebrate uh, historical reconciliation, re, uh, socially, relationally, um, and uh, uh, there's, a, there's a small area that you and I could potentially reconcile on it's today. It's not a small area, but it's a <laughs> massive area that not only as black and white can we reconcile, but also around the teams yeah. that we support, <laughs> we could reconcile you see, against, right? I saw what spirit you were of, so I, I made sure that I, I would come prepared because I had a sneaking suspicion. <laughs> <laughs> That, uh, that, that there would be dark clouds covering, so I just wanted to bring the glory. Okay, all right. So not only do we need to reconcile one to another, but our teams can reconcile. So even though we support different teams, we can still be reunited right. with one another, yeah. right? And so I'm hoping that we're starting a little tradition that hopefully you can take to Plet. Not sure what's in Plet, but we'll talk I'll, to you afterwards. I need to look it up. <laughs> but maybe next year, everybody can come with their soccer kits on, right? And even though we support different teams, we can be reconciled and, as and, one And body. be nice to one another for like one, one day. day. Or just We're, for a couple of hours while Okay, church, okay. Right? We, can, we can make it for an hour or two. But we're not yet to talk about our soccer teams that we support. Although um, my team was a lagging little bit behind you yesterday, but after our game, we're on top of the league now, so you've got some pressure on your team 
Um, yeah, we, no, we not on top of the league, we're on top of you, and that's all that really matters. <laughs> we were um, going to read scriptures or something? Can we do We're going to read some yeah, scriptures yeah, and yeah, get yeah, on with what yeah, we want to talk about that. today. So in our preparation for, for this week, I'm going through a bit of a, an Advent uh, Bible study devotion, and um, it, it picks up in Malachi, which yeah. is a strange place to start for a Christmas message. So Malachi 4. Um, and I'm going to start reading from verse 5, and it says, Look, I'm going to send you a prophet, Elijah, before the great terrible day of the Lord comes, and he will return the hearts of the father to their children and the hearts of the children to their father. And then it goes silent. Um, and then we turn our page. So what, 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 what stood out for me is, like, I just turned my page, and I'm in the New Testament. That took, what, yeah. two seconds, maybe, yeah. right? If I'm old, maybe three seconds. But this... This one page represents 400, 400 years, years. of it? silence from God. And I started thinking about 400 years is a long time. Yeah. And so in my mind, I started thinking about what has happened in the last 400 years. So slavery started and slavery ended in 400 years. Um, it was the Cold War, mm-hmm. the First World War, the Second World War, the end of communism, the fall of the Berlin Wall, the start of apartheid, the end of apartheid. And that is just to mention a couple of things yeah. that come to mind in 400 years. I don't know what and, comes and, to mind and, with and you. If you think of it in terms of generational perspective, if you and I live to be 100 years and and our children and their children their children live to be 100 that's four generations so 400 years is four generations of god being silent and not hearing anything from him so can you imagine 400 years of silence imagine coming to church no new prophecies no fresh filling of the holy spirit no 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 new fresh kind of words that you you get just silence for four i know a couple of people in our congregation might say oh, Quentin, it's been three weeks. I haven't heard from right. God. Is he still out there, right? And we would have the privilege of, of being able to minister to one another. I know I've taken advantage from time to time of yeah. being able to, to receive prayer up here at the front. And, and, and I'd say, please stand with me because I, I, haven't, I just feel like I haven't heard from God. And it's been like a month and I'm not hearing anything. Help me. So I can't imagine what you know, I'm crying about a month. This is 400 years, years. of complete silence, which got me thinking about, I know, at least for myself, there are moments where God has been silent in my life, where in my walk with Christ, where I just haven't heard from him. Do you mm. know of times? So two questions. One, yeah. either can you share a time where God was completely silent and you didn't hear him? Or how did you deal with that moment when you were going through that time when God was completely silent? Can you remember a time? So, so for me, one of the clear moments that, that kind of stands out is, is sort of what I refer to as the first phase of my life. And that was... The, the phase before Christ. Uh, and that for me was a real silent period because it was a time of asking, God, are you real? Mm. Uh, what is my purpose? Uh, what am I meant to be? And, 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 and just having that, that, that lingering feeling of loneliness. And, and maybe some of you can identify with that, that before Christ, that sense of, man, something is not right. I just can't, there's a place in me that I can't fulfill. And I just have this loneliness that follows me around, despite all the things that we chase after, right, to try and fill those areas, myself included. But, but, but there, then there's a time when God came into mm. my life and, and um, 
you know, kind of felt like, you know, the, 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 the loud voice of an angel and the trumpets, and there were no trumpets or angels, it just felt that way. Just, uh, that's but, fine. but it was beautiful, and God came into my life and, and, and salvaged me and saved me from, from the wreck that was my life, mm. and, and I'm happy to say I've never had that desperate feeling of dissatisfaction sure. and loneliness, and so that for me is a real sense of, 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 of that, that, um, that time period. So when... Um when you've been going through those times, what has sustained you during that time? And, and, and this is something that, that, that I was reflecting on as we were uh, reading the scriptures and, and, and chatting together in the week, that, you know, one of the key takeaways for me, um, because there have been times post my salvation where I felt like, God, but you've been silent. And so I feel, I feel like God had, has continuously taken me on a journey of learning what to do in the silence. Mm and not to be threatened by the silence. And, and my interpretation of that would always be, but God has deserted me. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, I, and I've come to learn that, that that time is not a time of God deserting me. First, first thing was I learned to go back to the last thing that God said. Sure. Um, so in those times of, of, Lord, what are you saying? Where do I go? Is it left? Is it right? Is it straight? Is it, mm. I go back to what is the last thing that God told me. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I stick with that, and I, and I do that. Um, but I've also learned that from time to time, God would call me up in our relationship through silence. Sure. And, and, and what I mean by that is, is that, um, you know, we have our go-to thing when we want to connect with God. Some of us, is, I jump in the car and I, I play that special song. Some of us, I go for a walk, um, I go for a run, I have my quiet space, I read or I journal, yeah. and I really just tap into the presence of God. And, and I also have my things. Okay. Um, but what do you do when your things don't work? What do you do when the thing that you used to tap into, I go for a walk and I feel the presence of God, and I go for a walk and I don't feel the presence of God. Um, And uh, and those would be the times that I would interpret as God has deserted me. Uh, But I came to learn that what God was saying was find me in new places. Sure. Find me in new ways. And he was calling me up in 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 our relationship. Sure. So I remember there, there were two times in my walk with Christ that I felt that God was completely silent. One was the 15 years that it took me, or 20 years, I, it's blurred now, and I hope Tamsin doesn't listen to this re-recording of this, but where I felt like when I left high school, I was ready to get married. Like I thought after high school, if I could have got married the next day, I would have, I would have been happy to do that. And for some reason, God didn't allow that. And so that crying out. It was the pirates thing. It wasn't the pirates? No, I only found pirates after I found marriage. (laughs) So I only found pirates after I found marriage. But um, so, so yeah, so praying for that and, and taking 15, 20 years to have an answer to prayer, that was really difficult. And the other one was owning a home. For some weird reason, owning a home was important to me. And it took me a long, long, long time to wrestle with God to answer that prayer. So that, that was interesting uh, sure. for, for me. So it's interesting. God has been silent for 400 years. Yeah. And then in Luke... He speaks for the first time to Zechariah. So I want you to imagine for a moment, right? As Zechariah wakes up in the morning, had, I don't know if he had coffee, but he had some coffee, he had some wheat peaks, did his normal routine, says to uh, Elizabeth, I'll see you later. They're old, so it's not like they got spring chicken kind of, uh, kind of stuff. So he says to Rebecca, uh, not Rebecca, Elizabeth, see you later. He pushes off to work. They get to work. It's a normal day at work. Yeah. He's got to pull lots to see who goes. Can you imagine who goes into the Holy of Holies? Just let's pull some lots. Oh, but dust off a couple of things there. Talk to God. And 
Remember, for 400 years, God has been silent, and all his career, God hasn't spoken to him mm. while he's pulled the lots, been in the mm. Holy of Holies, doing those kind of things, yeah. right? And while he's just busy doing his stuff, God out of heaven bends down and breaks silence for 400 years. What did he do that day? Did he go for a run? Did he do push-ups? Was he like extra holy that God would open his mouth and say, Zechariah, and start Today's speaking, right? This is the day. And, and so God interrupts his day-to-day -day, uh, existence, and we'll talk about what God says to him in a moment. Yeah. But Rex, has there been a time where you've just been going on on your journey, doing your thing, right? And God interrupts you uh, on your uh, agenda. Was yeah. there an interruption? There's a specific instance that comes to mind, and, but, but I want to reflect on this story before I go there, which is you mentioned that... Um, in the lifetime of Zechariah, they hadn't heard from God. Yeah. In, in the lifetime of, of, of his ancestors or his predecessors, they hadn't heard um, from God. But we know that they had been carrying on with temple worship. Yeah. They had been worshiping, they had been sacrificing, they had been relating with God in the best way they knew how. How mm. did they do that? They went back to what God, the last thing that God had said. Absolutely. The, the last interaction they had had with God. And they, so they had habits and systems and disciplines based on the word of God yeah. um, that, um, that help them to fulfill uh, their worship of God. And, and I feel like that's important for us because uh, not many of us go around feeling like I hear from God every day and, and maybe yeah. you hear you know, somebody going, oh, God said this, and you wonder how, what, what's the signal? What's the channel? What, where do you call to yeah, hear yeah. from God? Um, the good news is, like the people uh, in Zechariah's day and the generations that preceded him, we have the word of God. And so God has spoken to us. And so we know that we have systems. We have disciplines. We have habits. Things that we can do on a daily basis to establish relationship mm. with the Lord. To worship him and to show our devotion and our affection towards him. We don't have to wait to hear specifically, Correct. this is what God has said to me today. He's already spoken to us. Um, much like he had spoken uh, in the days prior to, uh, to, to Zechariah and his, yeah. his colleagues. But, but in, in terms of that question around, um, around interruption, yeah. uh, I remember a specific instance, and um, uh, this was, so, so you know how when you get saved, um, that you get saved and you're completely healed, you have no insecurities, mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're, you're completely healed, all your brokenness comes back together, you're, you're, you're sorted, you're ready for heaven. You know, you know, why, well, why are people not saying amen and jumping up and down? Online no. people, are, I think they're not <laughs> serving the same God that you say. <laughs> I need to get saved. <laughs> no, that's not what happened. And that's not what happened to me either, right? I got saved and I still had a lot of stuff to deal with. Uh, my, my journey of sanctification began, right? And, and, and um, and it was just that I allowed Jesus access mm. into places that I'd never allowed him access to, and it began to work. Yeah. One of the key areas that, that was an issue for me, an insecurity, and an area that had really attached itself to my identity is, is this space of sonship, sonship uh, versus slave mentality. Mm. It had a lot to do for me with being raised by a single mother uh, and not having a father uh, my, my, my entire life. And, and, and uh, even though she was fantastic and she did so many amazing things for me, I still had this wound. Mm. And so I, I still st I struggled to identify or to relate with God, the Father. Mm. 
Um, and, and so, and there was a real resistance in me around that. And I'd prayed for a long time uh, for God to heal me in this area. And there's a particular moment um, and when I was praying, and I kind of saw this in my mind. It wasn't like a vision or anything of that sort. I just kind of visualized this in my mind. Uh, and what I saw was God, kind of almost like the back of God. And God turned around, and he looked at me, and he said one word, son. Sure. That's it, Son. Years of insecurity healed in a moment. Wow. Years of brokenness healed in a moment. Sure. Lord, say more. This is amazing. This is he. No, he Just, didn't say more. That's it. Son, I tell you, I walked wow. away. I was never the same again. That's absolutely yeah. incredible, right? right? So secretly, myself and Rex have a number of prayers for you online and for people in the auditorium. And this is one of our prayers that one word today will land with you and will shake you to your core, mm. that will settle any kind of argument that you've ever had with God. And so for Rex, that word was son. Mm. Maybe for somebody out here, you're waiting for a word. Who knows, that word will come and it'll be one word and yeah. will settle with you really, really well. Now, Rex, yeah. my experience of God is very different to yours. So like I didn't have... Uh, Trumpets, not that, not that you yeah. had trumpets, but it's, like I can't remember the it's not, day. It's not for everyone. You know, know, maybe it's just for chief supporters, <laughs> who knows, right? But like I, I can't remember the day and the hour that I gave my life to Christ. And I can't, like, I, I can't remember those kind of moments, but I do think that God has nudged me uh, along the way. And I'll, I'll come back to that in a little while. So I think for us, talking about these ideas of interruptions and how mm. we engage with that is really, really powerful. So, but Zechariah wasn't the only person that was interrupted Correct. on the day. There were a yeah. couple of interruptions, and we want to pick up on a couple. So there was Zechariah that was interrupted in the Holy of Holies. I can only imagine the conversation, although it wasn't a conversation. Or, or lack there, or you know, the, when he got home. The, yeah. What happened? Like how does and then and then to tell Elizabeth his wife that is old. By the way, babes, you're going to be pregnant at the end of this conversation. Like, how does she comprehend that? So there's a little interruption with falling right. pregnant from, from what I hear. Right. So there's that. Then God speaks to Mary and says to her that she's going to have a child and she's going to bring this child into in, and, and the, her, the, the child that she's going to carry is the savior of the world. Now Rex, I know you've got a daughter. Imagine mm. a couple of years into the future, your <laughs> daughter comes home one day from church, from youth. Where are you? Uh, I'm looking for, uh, where, where, uh, youth, where's Stuart? Uh, after youth, she comes home and says, Dad, I've got some great news. I'm pregnant. Like, I don't know how you would take that, like from yeah, you. Yeah. Baseball right? bats. Uh, yes. Uh, so, like, <laughs> so like this young teenager comes home and says, I'm pregnant from God Almighty, which is one conversation <laughs> that I'm trying to figure out how she will have as a teenager. And then she goes to Joseph and says, by the way, future husband, I'm pregnant. And, and, like and, how and, he, and, he, and he falls on his knees and he starts to worship, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I can imagine that's the kind of conversation no. would have happened with me and Tams. And, and, like in our engagement, she comes and says, we're pregnant. Because there would be a couple of things I would like yeah. to talk to her about uh, during that kind of thing, right? And so God interrupts these people. And, and so what was interesting for me is the four people's responses, right? So the two women respond very differently to the two men. So mm. the two women, uh, when Elizabeth gets told that she's pregnant, she's quite okay with it. She's like, I'll prepare for this. And she, she, she falls into that role. When Mary gets told that she's pregnant, she writes a song and she says, be unto me, Lord, as you say it needs to be unto me. And she like sort of accepts this. And then the two men, 
Like the one says, I'm too old and has an argument with God. Right. After not speaking for 400 years, he still has an argument with God and gets silenced. And, and then it takes an angel to convince Joseph, not his wife-to-be, that yeah. this is a miracle, yeah. right? So are you more of an of a Elizabeth and Mary in the response to God's interruptions of your life? Or are you more of a Joseph and Zachariah that questions? Right. And while you're thinking about that, I think God should speak to women more because it seems like they put up <laughs> less resistance around this. They just say, yes, Lord, let it be. We're yeah. men like, give us a sign, do these yeah, kind yeah. of What do you mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I, you know, it's interesting. I think for, for me, it's a case of both and. Okay. Uh, so I've, I've definitely had moments when I was a Mary and Elizabeth and you know, uh, f- for example, in that moment of God affirming identity and healing, that was a real, I receive right now, I'm hanging on to this, I'm never letting go moment. Um, but there's definitely been moments where I felt more like a Joseph yeah. um, and, uh, and, and Zachariah. Um, and I, I think, if I think of a specific instance, the, the journey of, of God calling me into ministry certainly was, was a, a, a Joseph Zachariah moment mm. um, for me. Uh, you can imagine being raised uh, by by uh, a single single mother, uh, and she did phenomenally right. She 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 provided. She sacrificed beyond you know. It blows my mind how much she she sacrificed for me and for, for my siblings, and it put me through school, put me through university, uh, and towards the end of my university journey, here I come along and uh, good news, mum. Uh, I, I I think I'm going to be a pastor. Uh, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Amazing. This is no, no. It was not. Um, it was <laughs> the dashing of dreams, yeah. um, hope uh, for the salvation, quote unquote, of our family, yeah. and uh, we, we're going to push one of us through, and you're going to pull the rest of us up, and we're going to uh, all, all of these things. We're going to see progress. So now it feels like you're forfeiting all of that, and so I mean, it was. It was uh, intervention after intervention. It was, you know, so, so my, my kind of processing of that with God was, God, I'm going to give you a year. Okay. I'm going to give you a year, and you need to speak within this year. Okay. Uh, if you don't speak within this year, I'm going, I'm doing whatever I want, but you need to speak within this year. So that, that would kind of be the one thing that, stick, that stands out for me as being one of those moments where God came into, in, into my life, interrupted a moment, uh, and, and I, I had to kind of decide how I'm going to relate to this word. Okay, so it's yeah. been 11 months, and you're it, still waiting. Been, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there was confirmation. Okay, yeah. good. I'm glad that there was confirmation. So, like I said earlier, uh, God hasn't, like, I can't speak of those big moments where God, so God nudges me mm. more than, like, interrupts me. So he will oh, that's interesting. And then two weeks later, something similar to that will come up. And so he nudges me because I think if he interrupted me, I'd probably be a Joseph and a mm. Zachariah. Like I would question like a big thing. I don't think I would step into these. So God nudges me uh, along in some of these things. And, and so as I was reflecting on this, there was one nudge that was really powerful for me. And it was uh, when I was serving on a Youth for Christ team in 1994, 1995, 1995, we were in the Western Cape and we went to a reformatory mm. uh, for girls where we had to do this performance. And we were told that we weren't allowed to touch, like shake people's hands or even speak to these girls as they were let in. We needed to do our performance and after our performance, we had to stay on the right. stage and these, and these young girls had to leave the, the space. 
And, and as these young girls came in, the wardens would tell us, oh, that one did this, that one did that. And there was one young girl that was in the, auditor, that was in the audience that day. Was, she was about 13, 14, and she was arrested, and she was in this reformatory because she had stabbed somebody and killed somebody. Sure. And, I, and so we did the performance and went home, and for some reason, this young girl's story touched me. And I remember sitting in the garden um, and having a wrestle with God, saying like, what causes a 13-year-old mm. to commit murder, mm. to take another life? Like, what is that? And wrestling with God, I said, I, I want to make a commitment that I want to intervene in people's lives before that happens. Like, was there somebody that could have interrupted that, that, that thing yeah. in her life? And I remember God saying, well, if you want to do that, you're going to have to give up everything. Man. And I sat there and I was like, I don't know if I can give up everything. Like, I don't know if I can do that. And as I've been thinking about it this week, I realized I didn't need to give up everything because Christ had already given up everything. Yeah. And yeah. it's through him and his sacrifice that I'm able to then become a conduit for his love for people around the world. And so through that one small nudge entered my youth work career for mm. many years of touching mm. young people's lives, sure. but realizing that, that it was Christ and God living through me. You mentioned yeah. something interesting as we were preparing for this. You, you spoke about this idea that we get interrupted. There's a consequence, right? Mm. So if we look at Mary and Elizabeth, the consequence of being interrupted, uh, I was thinking of, of Elizabeth. Culturally, she had to name her son after the father, right? Mm. That was culturally. And because Zachariah couldn't speak, the, the pressure was on her to do this. But they had a clear word that this son will be called John. Yeah. And so can you imagine in the family meeting, uncles and aunts and all the elders are sitting there and they're yeah. waiting for her to speak. Zachariah Jr. Yeah, Ta-da. and she says, no, <laughs> his name is John. Yeah. And can you imagine the kind of repercussions that came that way in the first you, service? We're messing with culture here. Yeah, yeah right? you're messing with our culture here, right? And she's a woman. and she has to, yeah. So there's those things. You spoke about the impact on, on Joseph, right? And, and my reflection on that is, is, was really like the, the, the cost of conviction, right? So we, we think about the, the price that these ladies had to pay, but um, think about the cost for Joseph also. So he accepts that this is a word from God. This is a blessing from God. This is what God is doing. Joseph's neighbor wasn't privy to the conversation that Joseph had I don't think the angel, the angel pitched up there right? and said, oh, by the way. So, so, so to Joseph's neighbors, Joseph is either a naughty guy yeah. or uh, he's naive if, yeah. he, if he believes uh, <laughs> uh, this, this lady's story. And, and so he had to pay a reputational cost immediately, right? Absolutely. Because uh, he had to now be, be a, a covering for this person. But you follow the story. Uh, of, of the early years of Jesus and you see how much more they were going to be called to pay because they had to be dislodged uh, from their community and from their places of comfort and they had to go and be refugees um, in a foreign nation uh, for the sake of being willing to pay the cost of conviction. And I have this picture of... Uh you know, baby Jesus, uh, four years old, five years old, running around in the neighborhood. You know, those aunties sitting there saying, hmm, you see yeah, that yeah, child? Right. Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, maybe he doesn't look like his have father. You, have, hey? have you noticed the family nose? Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> what's happening? So like, like my mind went really wild uh, uh, around these things. So consequences of those interruptions. Do you yeah. have anything that, that stands out for you as you think about uh, those consequences? Or oh, you spoke about the interruption, and out of these four people, mm. something was birthed, mm. right? Mm. So was there anything birthed out of your interruptions with God? Or maybe it's a question we need to throw to yeah. the people online. I, and I, I, think, I think for, for everybody who's here, 
with us in person and, and online, I think is a really great question for you to ponder. As you've been talking, the questions around interruption, how God has interrupted your, your life in the past, how God is interrupting your life today, um, how you're responding to that interruption, right? Uh, we spoke about the different ways that we could respond to that and how you're seeing it uh, being the, or the outworking of it, what, what, what you are seeing it birth in the same way that for, for Mary and Joseph, that interruption, uh, the, the outworking of it was the birth of Jesus Christ. And for Zechariah and Elizabeth, the outworking of that interruption was the birth of John. And, mm. and so what are you seeing as where God is, is, is interrupting, has interrupted? How are you responding in those spaces? And what are you seeing being birthed out of that, and I know that's a lot, and so I think there's a lot for you to reflect on on, on there. Maybe for, for us here, if you catching up after the service, it's a good, some good stuff to reflect on there, and also if you're with us online, if you want to pop something on the chat uh, uh, section, just around things that you're seeing being birthed um, through in your life as a result of the interruption of God, or things that you've seen uh, being birthed, and so that speaks about like the consequence of 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 God interrupting our lives. And, and our, our biggest consequence that we celebrate is Christmas. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so I see we're almost out of time. That red uh, numbers are shouting <laughs> at me. So I've got one more story as we close our time together. And it was significant that me and you are having this conversation. Mm. We weren't supposed to. At the beginning of the week, we didn't know we were going to have this conversation. And then we realized that we were having this conversation. And I realized that it's happening on the 12th of December, which is a significant day for me personally. And it was the day that my father had passed away. And that was a massive interruption mm. in my life. It set my life on a whole new trajectory. And as a six-year-old, uh, when my father passed away, there was something in the back of my mind that didn't comprehend that my father had gone. In the back of my mind, I thought he'd gone somewhere and he was coming back. And it was only four years later uh, when my mom was mourning the death of my father, that I realized that my dad wasn't coming back. And we were in a situation at that time in our family where I desperately wanted my dad to come back. Like I, I needed a savior in my life. And I remember going to sleep that night, having a hollow, empty, like hollow feeling deep inside my stomach. And, and, and that was the first time I understood what loneliness uh, felt like. Sure. But when I became a Christian, when I accepted Christ into my life, I never felt that loneliness ever again. And so I can be alone in a crowd, I can be alone by myself, but I've never experienced that loneliness because Christ has completely filled that void mm. and that gap um, in my life. And so I'm so grateful for his interruption uh, in my life. And so I'm hoping this morning that you've been blessed in one way, either a word, a nudge, yeah. or maybe God is challenging you about that emptiness that's inside of you and feeling like you need to go somewhere. Mm. I, I pray that God will interrupt uh, your life. And it's been a privilege to be having this conversation. Rex, I don't know yeah. if you want to say anything or pray as we end our time I would, together. I would love to pray as we, cool. as we end. Father, thank you for everybody uh, who's with us uh, here today. Thank you for everybody who's tuning uh, in on, on this conversation online. Lord, would you touch your children? Would you touch your people? Those that you're calling afresh into your kingdom, would you call them and cause their hearts to respond with joy. Those that you're moving to surrender their lives to you, Lord, that mm. they would know that you speak to them now and that you cause them to respond and to come into relationship with you. Mm.
Father, many of your children are, are, are aching or, fee- or yearning for, for a word from you, mm. direction, affirmation. And I pray that they receive something today. A special touch from you, a special word from you, an affirmation from you that closes the gap, that heals months and years of pain, mm. of wounds, of insecurities. Thank you, because you interrupted our lives. You interrupted this world and you, you, when Jesus was born. And our lives have never been the same mm. again. And you continue to interrupt. We invite you to bring that interruption again. Mm. And as we surrender ourselves to you, as we partner and respond to your word, and as you birth something in us, and birth something through us, in our relationships, in our workplaces, uh, in our homes, and in our communities, in our nation, that you birth your kingdom through us. We thank you, Father. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.